And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by LNN, the League News Network. We pay attention to the news so you don't have to. Previously on Cautious Optimism. Rory, is that you? That's me. Hi, how are you? I'm Evan Long. I am Peter Shan's lawyer. He is giving you the ship. I'm going to name the ship the Cautious Optimism. You know, it doesn't work. What do you mean it doesn't work? Hank Crawford, pleasure to make your acquaintance. So, you think you know enough to be able to get her up in the air? She may not be space-worthy, but we can get her mobile, I'm sure. I know that you have a doctor's degree and all that, but you're a matorb. I'm Kyan Brunn. I've never seen a matorb doctor before. You find a small circular disc. You see a little holographic image of Uncle Peter's face. Rory, listen to me. I'm in a lot of trouble. You gotta help me. I'm not dead. I'm delivering these fruits and vegetables to the Crooked Comet. While everything else is supposed to be vegetables and fruits, this looks like it's full of vials filled with liquid. It is a recreational drug. Behind the bar is a Bratum woman. You're an awful long ways from home, aren't you? Yes, ma'am, I am. Seems like you might be more comfortable back home, don't you think? A long time ago, the Bratum had enslaved the Matorb, but uh, as far as you know, they freed the Matorb and made them full citizens in order to join the League of Planets. My name is Rico. We were just trying to get this authenticated. I thought I'd take a shot that maybe you might be able to to help us out with it. I mean, I'd be happy to take a look at this for you. Obviously, um, I'm also looking for work. A slimy, gelatinous goo thing? I'm Sorg. I'm looking at expanding the business of distributing the Tears of the Gods. Hello, Haas. We need you to deactivate a bomb. Cousin Slorg called me. Fix a bomb or something. So, uh, you need a job? Uh, who's asking? Are you members of the guild? You have heard of a Hollers Guild. Hello, this is Anya Brack. How can I help you? I kind of think we ought to join this guild, but I also think they kind of possibly tried to kill my uncle. Hank, I think's dead. Captain, there is a big bug-like thing here. They're called Zats, and they metabolize minerals. Lorna 3, you're finally arriving at your destination. My cousin Slorg said we're supposed to meet somebody named Tribus Oss. So the stuff gave him the power to move things with his mind? We have a way that you guys can alter the substance to prevent it from creating the psionic ability. As a sign of good faith, Haas stayed with the purchaser. The only thing he put down for all of this cargo is some kind of vegetable. Some kind of vegetable. It's actually the name of his mixtape. He's actually singing about his cousin, Haas, who is in a coma and right now is in a vegetative state. Hayun, you accidentally prick yourself and you're pretty sure 
that you just took a very small dose of the product. I think that Kyan is projecting psionic phenomena all over the ship, including predicting the future. So somebody would take the substance maybe once or twice, get a couple of hits for eight hours, and then suffer permanent brain damage. It's working! It's working, boss! It's working! And over the intercom, Nipple says, no, no, it's not. The boss was supposed to have telekinetic powers. That's how we robbed that bank and made off of all that money. And you fell for that. These are some of the finest computers you'll find anywhere in the galaxy. I am Shipcom, scanning existing ship. Cautious optimism. No, no, no. We need to change some settings somewhere. There's a huge bounty on free Matorbs. I am here to arrest a fugitive that has been reported to be aboard your vessel. He is a uh, Matorb by the name of Kion. Enemy vessel has fired. Missile incoming. Brace for impact. Multiple system failures. Hull breach in main cargo area. The Bratum does not have his helmet on, right? Because Hank is keeping that for the copy machine. He uses one of his other two arms to whip out a concealed laser blaster and takes a shot at you. He missed, and you shot him square in the chest. All of the cell doors have opened at this point, and one of them was occupied by a little four-foot-tall purple life form that you don't recognize. Do we need to be careful about who we tell about our little purple friend? I'm Fabin, and this is the Kren Ladabu mining town. We have all types here. A lot of folks end up here because they're running from something. They're not fitting in with regular society. There is a lady who does work on spaceships. She's a Canaan. Ratchri! I can rope you rewear it if you want. Rico is hissing quietly under her breath. You see this very sleek looking spaceship wearing mechanized suit these humanoid creatures 30 feet tall walk down the ramp it takes off its helmet and you see a purple face that looks like a much larger version of the face of the little purple guy that you guys had back in the ship Kyan would take this opportunity to do some research and start writing that paper on these purple people. Oh, yeah. I think Rico would probably help him with that. She's looking on bulletin boards for any word about Uncle Peter. Peter Shan was pronounced dead on a planet called Galaganar. Senator Orca from CIRCOM has recently proposed creating a federal agency of law enforcement. If this stops the illegal return of Matorbs back to the Pratam homeworlds, then he's definitely for it. Right now, this would be very, very, very bad for us. Breaking news. Senator Orca was found dead. I'm kind of glad that we weren't asked to do that. Although I think that's very much what we were going to be asked to do. I'm wondering how are we going to get out of this guild? I'm Carl Johnson, and I bring you upgrades. Our mutual friends wanted to make sure that you were prepared to defend yourself if that happens again. We have a ship-mounted missile launcher. They appear to have been manufactured on Galaganar. Why don't we just take down Anya Brecht and the guild from the inside? 
you guys proceed to the Dulonia Research Center with your 10 supercomputers that you were supposed to deliver. We're in a time bubble here. I wanted to black market sell these computers and never come here. There's probably a Lorndon on the station and they're doing bad science. Oh no, we don't want to get in the way of science. And now this is where we die. This is the problem with transferring through the time bubble. It tears everything apart. We might be able to open a wormhole inside the bubble that we could fly the cautious optimism through. Our ship runs on chloro drives. Should we feed our microorganisms a proper diet, we could generate enough power to potentially get the time dilation system on. I'd like to load my chrono modification field generator onto the cautious optimism so we can take it with us. I'm incredibly tired of Lorndon's messing up our stuff. If we fire the missile into the station, then maybe ride a wave out. I wonder if you would be willing to bring us to Delonia to drop us off? I'm sure I can find another buyer for a bunch of supercomputers. Kayun, as you're sleeping, you're experiencing a dream. Until the rat army part, it wasn't such a bad dream. They're just children's stories, Captain. I'm thinking about joining a Lorndon colony that is made up of misfits. Well, the grand goal, of course, is to somehow become life forms of pure energy. Hi, Rory. This is Anya. So good news. I found a buyer for those supercomputers. We got to go to Galaganar because that's where my uncle might be. Am I sentient? I'm beginning to wonder that myself. It is very disorienting to have no memory of a large period of time. Somebody should talk to your AI. It's having some kind of existential crisis. Biological organisms cope with death through procreation. You have children, and so do I. He has procreated inside all ten of the supercomputers. Hank, I request you build me a spaceship to put my children in. And in the meantime, I will back myself up to as many hard drives as we have available. This is Samuel Normalman from the Captain of the Peacemaker. I am a member of the League of Planets Diplomatic Corps. Your ship had contact with an Eorblin vessel. We've done an entire research paper on him. In all of your travels, have any of you run into any kind of large rat species? Oh no, rat people. Hello, cautious optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Kyan Brunt. A mature. I am a doctor. A nine foot tall, four armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Liliana. An Evo. I don't know if you know, but, like, I'm famous. A species capable of psionic power. We are going to be the best of friends. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station.
The cautious optimism has traveled through space for several weeks. The crew has busied themselves with their minor projects, doing their studies or whatever hobbies they use to pass the time. One morning, you all find yourselves in the break room, sipping some coffee, watching your break room space television set. And on it, a green-skinned male figure in a fancy suit sits behind a desk holding a data pad. He speaks into the camera. Big news today as Delonian Senator Jor Nor Moore announced that she was proposing a bill jointly with three other senators that would create the FLE, the Federal Agency of Law Enforcement. This same proposal was made several months ago by the late Senator Orca from CIRCOM. However, that bill was never passed after the senator's sudden death. Senator Jor Nor Moore explained the revised bill will grant the FLE greater authority than the original bill to not only police trade, but also to enforce law in deep space and to pursue illegal activity not strictly related to interleague trade, like combating illegal guilds and arresting people with psionic powers. In response to this proposal, Senator Bren Windsor from Falcon Rock argued that was an overreach by the central government and that he and many other planets would oppose the bill. This is sure to be a controversial topic, especially since tariffs and taxes would be higher than in the original bill, no doubt to fund a larger police force. In lighter news, the much-anticipated album Moondrops from singer Liliana of the Lake has been described as the biggest disappointment ever in the music industry. Many people who viewed her live shows are flabbergasted at how poorly this album sounds. In contrast, a song nobody expected to do well, Some Kind of Vegetable, is topping the charts as youth all over the league applaud it for being different from anything they've ever heard before. Humans Today marked the 300th anniversary of Earth becoming uninhabitable. The humans on Mars and space station Xander 4 held many ceremonies today to acknowledge that dark moment in humans' past. And now, after a word from our sponsor, we'll bring you the story of a Felonian who got stuck up a tree. <laughs> oh, you can't make this stuff up. And with that, a series of inane commercials begin playing on the displays. The camera pans around to the crew of the Cautious Optimism. Who can say stuff now if they want? Hey, how do you get coffee rings out of metal? Better question, did we not copyright that song? No. Oh my god, we could have been rich. <laughs> I think technically it was Slurg's song. Yeah, strictly speaking, I don't believe it was ours. I get a producer credit. I named it. I mean, it's interesting what's happened to it, I suppose. <sighs> but what do I do about these coffee rings on Rico's console? She's going to be angry. <laughs> on my console? Uh, yeah. Why have you got coffee rings on my console? How did you even do that? <sighs> what's in the coffee that is changing the composition of metal? The same thing that makes it green, I guess. Hmm. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, I'm sure Shipcom will know. Although he might get annoyed at us using him as some kind of intergalactic Google, but, you know. Great, Shipcom. <laughs> How do we get coffee rings out of metal? Searching, searching. The metal may be melted down and then reformed. Oh, Shipcom. You are welcome. There you go. Also... Since I have your attention, I am receiving an odd transmission. It's just 
three words for Captain Rory Shand. Would you like to hear the transmission now? Yes, please. Jellyfish equals toenail. Well, thank you, Shipcom. Hank writes that down. I wrote it down. <laughs> Let's see how long it takes us to forget this password, shall we? Well, yeah, about 26 seconds to remember that that was the old password. So, Oh, for heaven's sake. Well, there's already like 50,000 post-it notes all over the place that yeah. say jellyfish. So we're just kind of like taking them down now and replacing them. With I don't even take them down. Toenail. I just put the old, I put toenail on a post-it. I put it over the jellyfish post-it. Nice technique. Very yep. nice. <sighs> it's record keeping. That's not going to be confusing at all. I'm sure it's going to be fine. As you guys have been traveling in space for the past several weeks, uh, go ahead. What, what have you been doing to occupy the time? Well, Royer and I have apparently been watching the same <laughs> YouTube videos. So I sent Hank a link to this great series of YouTube videos that I've been watching because I've decided that I just, I'm too, I'm too much of a blunt instrument. I need to be a little bit more refined. And so I found a series on the, I guess it's VidTubes. YouTube is not a thing. VidTubes called, So You Want to Be Stealthy. And I, so I watched all those sent it to Hank, and then I watched their second series, which is, So You Failed to Be Stealthy, 10 Tips on How to Escape. <laughs> Very good. So I imagine that the two of you have been like, you know, like little kids trying to be magicians, trying to be escape artists. You've been like tying each other to chairs and then practicing trying to get out. You know, things friends do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it, it was absolutely us tying each other to chairs. Right. Absolutely. What's everybody else been up to? <laughs> <laughs> right. I sort of imagine that occasionally Rico's like come across this happening and just been like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on in here? We're uh, practicing skills, Rico. And I imagine there's a snapshot in the montage of Hank walking up to Rico with a rope and getting scratched and walking yeah. away dejected. <laughs> And lots of you trying to like stealth past Rico and her just like handing you a coffee on the way past or <laughs> like <laughs> maybe giving you some pointers on how to walk quietly because, you know, cats are quite good at that um, and being very disappointed when you can't manage it. Yeah. <laughs> There's at least one sad shot in that montage of Rory packing away her tambourine collection going, I can't take this with me everywhere if I'm going to be stealthy. Sliding <laughs> it under her bunk. Um, yeah, uh, Rico's been brushing up on her science skills a little bit. So previously she'd been brushing up on like computer stuff. So she'd been doing more sort of programming and hacking, but she's gone a bit more into some more traditional scientific exploits and just brushing up on her sciencing since it did come quite useful a couple of times. All right. I do think that Kyan has probably recruited Rico for some of his experiments, which is trying to figure out what in the heck is going on with these weird drug-induced psi powers oh, yeah. he's been experiencing. So I picture like the opening of Ghostbusters with like yeah. cards and trying to read the cards and really not having a handle on it at all, but they're trying to be as scientific with it all as possible yeah so maybe that's the science that she's been brushing up on so she's been learning a lot about like mature physiology and like a bit about biology and stuff and also about this kind of psionic stuff yeah that's totally what we've been doing cool okay so kyan has been trying to do tele or trying to do like farsight and these different mental powers with uh with rory 
uh, helping and, and trying to study them. And as the two of them are working really hard on this, you, you just see Rory tiptoeing past behind them. <laughs> like, I wonder if they'll notice. <laughs> Sounds like a fun time on the ship. <laughs> so anything else before we continue? Was the ship in a good state of repair? Did it need fixing at all? I don't even remember. <laughs> it was doing okay. You guys had reinforced the hull considerably when you were on board that space station in the time distortion. Hmm. And I think you got out of there without really taking any damage. So, yeah, I think you guys are good. And we didn't want to do any more of the upgrades that had been... So, obviously, I was just listening to the oh. previous episode. And uh, so, Shipcom had that big list of, like, possible upgrades that we were like, oh, yeah, that's nice, and then never did anything with. You guys did get a hydroponics bay. We did. I think so, right? Or the parts for one, anyway. Yeah, we installed that when we were on the space station, they weren't, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess during the past month, you guys would have been trying to grow your own vegetables to feed the ship composting fuel system. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So after four weeks in space, you find yourself probably going a little stir-crazy, <laughs> being stuck in the ship for so long. You're probably getting sick and tired of eating the same food all the time. Some of your vegetables that you're growing in your hydroponics bay are starting to come in, but I don't know that any of you really know how to cook. I actually... I have the cooking skill. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So what vegetables have not been going into the ship's engine? I guess Hank has been preparing into uh, the only fresh food you guys have had in four weeks. But you're running out of your supplies, you know, your rations. You're running out of fuel because you've been running the engines 24-7 for four weeks. And your composter is just not able to make that much fuel that quickly. Basically, you need to stop and get some supplies. And the obvious choice is a space station, Zegon Station. Zegon Station is right on the border that marks the edge between the League of Planets and... The great outside of the League of Planets. It's kind of a, a last stop if you're heading in this direction before leaving the League. Zegon Station is kind of like a city in space. It's several kilometers in every direction. It's huge. It has its own kind of government and, you know, police force and laws and customs. But since it is in deep space... It doesn't fall under the purview of any of the laws of the League of Planets, which really only exist within solar systems of habited planets. So because it's in this kind of gray area where there are local laws on the station, but it's not under the purview of any League of Planets laws, it's a popular place for people, smugglers, people who are up to illegal shady things to come. But at the same time, it's also not completely lawless. But it is a popular port of call. You're certainly going to be able to find ship parts, fuel repairs, that kind of thing. Its main industry really is catering to people who fly spaceships for a living, you know. So it's like a gigantic interstellar truck stop. Yeah, I was going to say, it's that, it's that last flying J before you enter the desert. It, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly what it is. And so this has been the obvious destination for you guys for a little while. And so I think we're going to fast forward to as you're approaching Zegon Station and getting ready to dock with it. How does that sound to everybody? Sound okay? Works for me. Sounds good. Sounds good. So Rory, as you sit down in the pilot seat to get ready to come in and dock and everything, 
you see before you a familiar sight. I think you and Uncle Peter would have been to the station many times when you were younger and flying with him as just his niece. And I think since Rory loves space and, and everything so much and shipping and spaceships and all this jazz, I think it's a place you really like. There's over a hundred ships flying around in space outside of the station, never mind how many are docked inside of it. It is a huge shipping port. It is the biggest structure in space you've ever seen in your life. It's gigantic. And I think you're looking over all these different ships and all these different spaceships and everything and kind of getting a warm feeling of being back in, in a familiar place, which it's kind of the first time you've been somewhere familiar in a very long time. You notice something familiar. You notice a ship that's floating out in space, kind of away from the rest of the traffic, like it was just abandoned there. It's beat all to heck. It may not even be functional anymore. And as you look really closely, you finally realize that's the bitter blue. Ah. Rory to crew. Beep, beep, boop. Go ahead. There's something interesting. If you guys want to come up here and take a look at this, we may have to detour a little bit before we land. Okay. Be right there. Yeah, kind of goes up. Yeah, Rico goes up. So I point to the ship that's floating out there. So I know that ship. That is another ship uh, of my uncle's. Oh. Oh. I didn't realize he had multiple ships. Well, this was the ship he had before this one. Uh. So out of character, do I have any recollection of where this ship was supposed to be? Like what happened to it before he upgraded, air quotes, to the cautious optimism? You never knew the details, but you knew basically that one of Uncle Peter's crew members and friends basically bought the ship from Uncle Peter and became its captain and went off to kind of run his own business of shipping. Mm -hmm. And you remember him being pretty happy about that because he hated having the same ship for too long. He wasn't the sort of person... He needed change in his life. He didn't like things to stay the same for terribly long. So he was excited to go shopping for a new spaceship. And mostly what you remember of the transaction is how thrilled he was to get to go get something new and how excited he was for what is now the cautious optimism. Do I remember the name of the person who bought it? Make an intelligence check. Success by seven? Oh, wow. That's a okay. Yeah. As you think about it, you suddenly form a, a perfect image of good old Johnny Lee. Ah. He is a human who had been on Uncle Peter's crew for a long time. He had served as Uncle Peter's navigator for most of it. And yeah, and he was younger than Uncle Peter. And as much as he enjoyed working on that crew, he was always looking to become his own captain, and, you know, kind of get out and do his own thing. Shipcom, can you scan this ship right here? Affirmative. Scanning. Scanning. Complete. Congratulations, Captain. You have found the only ship in the galaxy... That is worse than the cautious optimism. <laughs> Shipcom, you insatiable flirt. Can you tell me if this ship has any uh, life signs? What's the status of the ship? Is it considered derelict? Does it still have a registration ID? The ship registers no life forms aboard. There are multiple hull breaches. The engine seems barely functional. Many other systems have failed. I would hypothesize that this vessel has gone through some sort of asteroid field and been impacted approximately 1,000 times by asteroids. Can I tell, like, it's not like in a hidden place. Like, it's just kind of like a, a car left on the side of the highway, right? Like, it's just there. Yeah, car on the side of the highway is exactly right. Okay. All right. And there's nobody in it? Nope. Okay. 
Hmm. Looks like I'm going to have to ask some people some questions when we get down to the space station. But check it out, guys. Apparently there's a ship worse than the Cautious Optimism. There it is. A reassuring thought, Captain. A ship also once owned by my uncle. It's a terrible ship. <laughs> he had an eye for the underdog. Yes. <laughs> or just did not take care of his things. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so let's, I guess, prepare to land on the space station. Well, I mean, did we want to go check out? Well, there's nothing on it, or there's no one on it. But it was left here, so whoever may have been on it may still be here, or may know about it. I don't think it's going anywhere. We can come back and look at it. Okay. The local authorities might have some idea why it had been abandoned out there. Yeah. So as you approach Zegon Station, get a hail. Beep, beep, boop. This is Cautious Optimism. Hello, Cautious Optimism. This is Zegon Station. Please state your intentions. I'd like to land. Very, very good, Captain. Uh, we've gone ahead and cleared you to land on Docking Bay 137. I think you meant why you were coming to the station. Then you should have asked why. <laughs> That's what intentions are, Captain. And my intention is to land successfully. <laughs> he can follow up if he needs to. I just need to know what to go to. Captain, would you like me to end the transmission? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Beep boop. <laughs> Rico rolls her eyes. She's going to give herself eye strain if she has to roll her eyes anymore. <laughs> when we said we were a motley crew, we meant it. <laughs> Has Kyan been setting optometry? Because uh, Rico's eyeballs are going to need some kind of. <laughs> Somebody that I got my master's with was a junior high teacher, and anytime somebody rolled her eyes in her class, she goes, oh my god, are you okay? Oh my gosh. And then they'd roll their eyes again, because that was ridiculous. And she goes, oh my god, you did it again? Do I need to call the nurse? <laughs> That's fantastic. Teeling with teenagers. As your ship is heading towards Stocking Bay 137 and, and everything, I think everybody except Kyan, please make a perception check. Nothing. I failed by two. <laughs> I failed by three. <laughs> Perception, tw- a success by two. Okay, so nobody except Hank notices. Uh, but Hank, out of the corner of your eye, you realize that Kyan, who is on the bridge watching, you know, the approach and everything, because this is the most excitement that's happened on the ship in four weeks, I'm sure. <laughs> His demeanor changes. It almost seems like his eyes go unfocused. He's still standing up, but he's almost standing limp as if he's lost consciousness. And it's a bit alarming. And Kyan, as the ship is approaching the station, what you experience is suddenly everything goes dark. You don't see anything. You don't feel anything. You lose all sense, except you hear this quiet music like a female voice singing. And it's getting stronger, and it's not anything you recognize. It's a song you've never heard before. And as you're listening to that, as you're fixated on that song, you hear a different female voice and says to you, Oh, you're new here. Come to me on 13 and bring the singer too. And the music starts to fade, and you just hear, Come to me on 13. 13. And then the music stops, and suddenly, abruptly, your senses return to you, and you're, you're on the bridge 
of the cautious optimism, and it's a lot closer to docking than it was a moment ago. And you also see Hank lunging at you because he's concerned, trying to catch you before you fall. Uh, he kind of shakes his head and and just kind of furrows his brow and tries to figure out what's, you know, he's taking a second to kind of figure out what's going on with him. Is everything okay over there? I, I don't know. Uh, just out of the corner of my eye, I saw Cayenne just go slack like he was about to pass out. And oh. But before I could get to him, he was he was back with us. Are you okay? Are you feeling okay? Uh, I I don't know. I I like I heard this music and I heard somebody say, "Come to me." Oh. And and there was something about a a, a singer, and I got very. I don't know. Like it just like it was like I wasn't here for a moment. That sounds concerning. Um, could it be re- related to the psionic things we've been experimenting with? Maybe somebody else with a sil- similar power. It, it could be. At this point, I wouldn't put anything past this weird stuff I've been going through. Hmm. I wonder if we should uh, should do a quick uh, diagnostic, quick scan, compare them to the readings that we've been taking over the summer. Summer. <laughs> because we've been on summer vacation. Great <laughs> 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 summer. Yeah, yeah, let's let's uh let's do that if you don't mind. Uh no, I think we should. Um so I guess Rico and Kyan disappear off to the med bay to do some readings and check Kyan out. So as the cautious optimism makes its final approach and is getting ready to settle down on the landing pad. Why don't you guys go ahead and make a medicine or science rolls for your uh, scan? All right, I'm going to roll some science. All right, I'll do medicine. Ooh, I rolled a four. Success by ten. Critical success. Nice. <laughs> and I rolled a seven, which is a success by seven. All right. So with a critical success from Rico and a big success from Kayun, you guys Complete the scan in record time, and it is crystal clear, best image quality you've ever had. It's an amazing scan. It's a work of art. (laughs) (laughs) And as you look at it, the readings look like they usually do after Kyan has experienced some kind of mental psionic success. You know, like the one time that he actually does get a picture of what the card is looking like, or if you ever scanned him right after he had one of his dreams, you know, his weird future-telling dream things, the brain readings look like that just happened. Ooh, it seems like there's some psionic stuff going on here. Interesting. I guess it might be somebody with some similar powers to you. What was the message? It was, come to me on 13, bring the singer. Hmm. How very peculiar. Whoa. She did say something about, I, I think it was a she, she said something about me being new or me being like, yeah, I think me being new. So maybe, maybe it's somebody on the station that is aware of who has psionic powers on the station. Well, that's certainly possible. You wouldn't want to come much further into the league if you had psionic powers than this station, really. They don't go down well in other parts of the league, as you as you well know. Mm-hmm. So I guess if there was a, I don't know, a, a colony or a cluster of psionically powered individuals, then this would be a good place for them to be hanging out. I suppose you'll need to decide whether you want to go and visit them or not. We don't know anything about them. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I don't, I don't have a singer to bring them, so. <laughs> no. Unless any of you have been doing karaoke without me knowing. Hmm. Kai and I'm a cat. 
<laughs> I don't think that would be wise. And I don't really see that the captain is one for karaoke either, but uh, we'll never know. More likely, though. You know all of us have a song that we have to pull out in the clutch <laughs> when there's a karaoke night. Everybody has one. Mine's the entire Evanescence album, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a thing on, uh, on Felonius. Kynes' karaoke song is Let Me Be Your Teddy Bear by Elvis Presley. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying our season two premiere of Cautious Optimism. We recorded this back in August, and I was getting over a cold, so if you were wondering what was wrong with my voice in this episode, that's it. Just feeling a little under the weather. But we are so excited to share season two with you. We, of course, want to welcome our new player, Olinzia. You'll be introduced to her character a little later in the show. If you missed it, go check out our bonus Q&A episode that went out on Tuesday. We had a lot of fun reminiscing about our first year of playing this wacky game we're all a part of. If you missed the opportunity to send us a question or comment, never fear. We are always looking for questions and comments to feature on our intermissions, so send them our way. You can follow us on Twitter at AsTheDiceRollRP, on Instagram at AsTheDiceRoll. If you want to chat with us in real time, go check out our Slack channel over on the geek to geek Media Network Slack which you can find by going to the Contact Us tab on the network website at geek2geekmedia.com. While you're there, you can also join the geek to geek Media Discord server. And finally, you can always email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com or leave us a voice message by clicking on the link on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. And if you want to hear more from the rest of the crew, you can check out our other various podcasts. You can listen to Kelly on Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, Bama and Todd co-host a podcast about Farming Simulator called Farming Simulated. You can also listen to Todd and Lindsay on their podcast Nerdberg Review, Raven on Girls Gone Wow, and me on Geektitude. And with the holiday approaching, make sure to check out our merch store on the geek to geek Media website. You can get the OSHA Van t-shirt from What Is Not and the The GM's Incompetence Does Not Equal Player Success t-shirt from Cautious Optimism. That's it for me this week. November had five Tuesdays in it, so that means our next episode of What Is Not won't be out until Tuesday, December 14th, but I will be back here next Friday, December 10th, with the next episode of Cautious Optimism. Until then, let's see what trouble the crew can get into on this new space station, right after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney+, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. About this time, you guys down in Medbay feel the familiar slam as uh, the ship wait a minute Im- you know properly impacts wait a minute softly softly 
impacts the landing pad. There's no such thing as a soft slam, but go ahead. Okay. Sla- <laughs> Slamming me softly. Okay. Um, <laughs> you feel the slight jostling that indicates that you have in fact landed and are on the station. That's better. Oh, I think the captain just did a very successful docking. That felt yeah. like a very smooth docking process. Maybe we should uh, go to the docking bay. Yes, we'll go with you. I think we're ready to disembark. As you guys uh, disembark from the cautious optimism, you're in a very well-lit, very high-class, you know, like clean, good modern technology, really nice, outstanding docking bay. And there is a automaton, a kind of unsophisticated robot waiting for you, who announces, welcome to the station. Is this your first time arriving here? Wait, we decided it was not my first time here. No, I've been here several times. Very good. Please remember that crimes such as murder and theft are punishable by death. Other crimes may leave you banished from the station. Otherwise, please enjoy your stay. And with that, he turns around and kind of slowly walks away. Bit of an ominous introduction. (laughs) All right, you guys. No murder. Well, they struggle a bit with loss prevention on this station. No theft. That is serious. <sighs> I mean, we've never actually stolen anything. No, I'm just saying, if that's the punishment for the crime, how bad is that level of crime here? I mean, this is a slightly notorious outpost, if you remember, Hank. Or perhaps you've never been here before? I have not. Outside of the space station where we met in Xandar, I don't think I've been to another one. Ah, well, you're right on the edge of the League of Planets here. So this is a good place to... Uh, Make contacts with people in the more, the darker corners of the league, shall we say? Indeed. Also, the station has a really good bar. Oh, oh. God, I could use a drink. Do you think they'd have any fresh meat? I mean, it won't hurt to ask. Hmm. And so we head toward the bar. All right. <laughs> and Captain Rory knows where the bar is, as she's been here before and been to the bar before. So it probably takes about 20 minutes to walk there. It's like walking down the streets at a busy city, you know, almost like walking down the sidewalk at Las Vegas. It's crowded. And as you get away from the docking bays, there are stores and attractions, flashing lights and everything kind of all over the place. This is a happening spot. And you're seeing all kinds of life forms. There are Dulons, there are Lorndons rolling by, there's avians, you see some Slimezoa, and you see a bunch of aliens you've never even seen before in your life. It is a hodgepodge of all kinds of life forms from everywhere. Am I the only crewmate that wants to trip one of these rolling Lorndons? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Seems like everyone hates the Lorndons, so... I would just like to meet one with redeemable qualities, that's all. <laughs> At one point, your way is blocked as a gigantic caterpillar-type alien inches its way in front of you, going across your path, and you have to wait as he slowly scrunches and lengthens and scrunches and lengthens his body until you can get around him. I'm going to lean over to Rico. What is that guy? Oh, I don't know what they call themselves. I've never actually met one, although um, I've heard other people talk about them. I mean, we just say it was a giant caterpillar. They probably named themselves more eloquently than that. And eventually, you come to the Moonlight Bar. And as you approach the bar, 
On the outside, there's a bunch of signs and flashing lights and everything. No windows. And there are two Matorb who standing in front of the door. They're obviously the bouncers. And you've seen Matorb before, obviously, Kayun and some others. And these guys are really beefy, muscular dudes. Even for a Matorb, these guys are ripped. And so as they see you approach, they give you guys a polite head nod. And one of them looks at Kayun and says, oh, why, hello there. Hello. How's it going? How are you guys doing this evening? We're doing really well. You must be here to see Liliana. He's a little taken aback by this because why would they Why would they know he was here to see anybody? Let's see. Uh, how does he handle this? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to see her if she's available this evening. All right. Well, you guys better hurry. Her, her set's just about to begin. And they hold the door open. Remember, there's a two-drink minimum, guys. Remember, two-drink minimum. Oh, don't you worry there. <laughs> <laughs> and as you guys walk in, you see it's a big bar, and it has a reasonable stage. And the tables are pretty much all taken, but you're able to find a spot, you know, near the back with a terrible view. But you get yourself settled in, and there's aliens all over the place that you've never seen. And, and I'm sure for Rico, it's fascinating. Yep. And just as you get your drink order in, out onto the stage walks. Alinzia, do you want to describe what you look like? Yeah, so you see the most beautiful young woman that you have ever seen. She is, you know, only about five feet tall, but she's slender. She, her skin is like this light blue that looks like there's glitter like embedded in the skin, like everywhere. It's like she has you know, on her eyes, it's like eyeshadow, but you can tell it's just like permanently there. It's just all this bright blue glitter and it kind of circles her eyes. She has these horns that come up that are like this vivid ultramarine blue and this just bright, bright white hair that's like French braided into pigtails and it's like shoulder length, but she's just gorgeous. She has this long tail and her feet are just like claws, like two claws sticking out but you know with this bright blue nail polish on him and just really really fancy looking she's got like this weird evening gown thing that's like short and just totally shows off her curves just gorgeous gorgeous question is her tail a lizard tail a devil tail or like a cat tail it's more like a lizard tail okay yeah yeah it's like thick and it like you know kind of hangs down on the ground behind her but yeah a couple little spikes on it well fortunately for me but unfortunately for storytelling i passed my escape role for being enraptured by her beauty so (laughs) (laughs) yeah if this had happened before you read that book about how to treat women with respect uh, this would have been real awkward yeah. I low-key in the background rolled an escape roll and got a seven, so success by one. So I didn't <laughs> Oh otherwise he was gonna fall back into his old tendencies. So wow, good role playing, and I'm glad you made that role. Because that would have been awkward. <laughs> As this young woman gets to the microphone and opens her mouth, she begins to sing, and for just a moment, you all think, Oh, that's really bad. But it only lasts for just half a second, and then suddenly It's the most beautiful music you've ever heard in your life. Even more beautiful than Slorg beatboxing. Wow. That's that's intense. That's amazing. 
you are all enraptured by the sound, the music. I re-rolled with disadvantage, and I'm slotting up to the <laughs> the foot of the stage with my two drinks in hand, looking up at her all all ooh style and just drooling. <laughs> well, you are not alone, sir. There are lots of other people there doing the same thing. And you see another Mator, not one of the two outside, but one of the other ones is kind of trying to keep order. Like if anyone gets gets a little too up to the stage, they're kind of like, hey, back up, back up, back up. You know, give her some room. I got a room I'll give her. Oh, oh wow. Oh, no. <laughs> she winks at you. <laughs> oh, my. And it, Hank flushes and uh, winks back, of course. <laughs> I think around this time, Rico will be like, Captain, where did Hank go? <laughs> <laughs> Hank who? <laughs> you just see him waving his two beers up in the air. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear. We should uh, go get him. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I, I walk up there to kind of direct him back with us. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. This is... <laughs> do you allow them to pull you back or do you resist? I'm so enraptured. I can't resist. I can't, I can't break eye contact <laughs> with her. Okay. As the captain is retrieving Hank. Enrico, did you go up to the stage to get him as well? I mean, it sounded like the captain, you know, wanted us to do that. And yeah. yeah. Captain, so, yes. Yeah. Okay, so as Rico and Rory are kind of pulling Hank back to the table, Kayun, it suddenly occurs to you that the song this lady is singing is the song from your when you blacked out on the ship and heard the whispering voice and everything. The song that was going on in the background is what's being sung right now. Next time on Cautious Optimism. Have you heard of a pilot named Johnny Lee? Liliana is singing a song. Kyan, I think she might be the one. Oh, like, I am just so happy that all of you guys came out to hear me today. This just means so much to me. The song that I heard when I kind of blacked out is the one that she just started her set with. Charlie, I don't, I don't really have the money right now. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at geek2geekmedia.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. 